Good morning, church. We have survived the snow apocalypse, and what a joy it is to be in the house of the Lord today. We hate we weren't able to worship together last week, but conditions just weren't um, conducive for that, and we wanted to keep everybody safe, so we're glad that we are able to join today and worship together. I tell you, after, after missing a week of being together, it just kind of makes it special to be back in the house of the Lord together this morning, and so we're glad you're here. want to extend a welcome to any of our guests or visitors that are with us today. want to ask everyone, if they would, to go ahead and tear off that tab on the side of your bulletin there. Guests and visitors, we want to ask you to fill out the welcome side so we can get to know you and give you the opportunity to get to know us. And there will be a great opportunity next Sunday morning. Next Sunday morning, we will have our starting point session. If you've been visiting with us or you know of someone that would like to know more about us, invite them to that next Sunday morning at 945 in the Fellowship Hall. Um, You'll get a chance to meet the church staff, and we'll talk about who we are as a church and some areas where you might want to um, get plugged into and talk about our mission and what we do. So that's a great opportunity to do that. But on the back side of that tab is a prayer request form, and you can use that also as a care slip. If you know of someone that needs some ministering to, needs a call to encouragement or a phone call, we'd like to be able to do that. You can write care at the top of that as well. And for those prayer requests, you can just um, prayer request and care slips, you can drop those off in the offering plate. But if you're visiting with us today, we want to invite you to the welcome table in the in the back or the front, ever how you look at the sanctuary here this morning. But at the welcome table, we want to be able to give you a little um, welcome bag and a gift that'll be for you. So we want to invite you to do that after worship today. Take your bulletins and on the inside, there's a lot of things that are going on. Uh, Obviously, our spiritual growth sessions would have started last week, but due to the weather, we're going to be in those tonight. We're going to make up last week's, so we're going to keep the same schedule that you were given um, in the in the current and also um, last last time we met's bulletin. But you'll see uh, who will be doing that tonight at 5 p.m. And then also following that is a special ensemble concert. The Garden Web Trumpet Ensemble is with us this morning, and we are glad to have them here with us. They are uh, excited and preparing for their competition to the National Trumpet Competition. Is that what it's called? Cool. Well, we are glad to have them here this morning, and they will be back here tonight as well at 630, so make preparations for that. Also, if you're wondering, the Men's Sunday that was scheduled for last week has been rescheduled for April the 10th, April the 10th. So you want to write that on your calendar and make, uh, make plans and preparations for that. wanted to uh, just announce that the um, youth will be having a Super Bowl party next Sunday night, but they wanted to invite anyone that wanted to attend that here at the church to, to do so. If you wanted to bring a, a side or pick up food, uh, just let me or Alan know so that he kind of knows what's coming, but uh, he'd love to have everybody come and, and join, join with them together. On the back side of your bulletin are all the opportunities this week that will be um, taking place. want to let you know that we had a great time last night watching War Room together, and I was very pleased with the amount of people that came out for that. Next week, we'll begin the small group Bible studies for those, and those sign-up sheets for those small groups are online, but they are also outside my office door in the back hallway, so if you want to get plugged into one of those starting next week, please let us know so we can order your material. Um, I think that's all that I need to announce this morning. We're glad to have Dawn Moore, our daycare director, with us this morning, and she's going to be sharing um, our mission moment and talking about our daycare in just a minute. So, Miss Dawn, you come on up.
Good morning. I'm a little nervous. I prefer people under three feet tall. <laughs> and that's what I told Keith when he asked if I would come. So just bear with me when I'm nervous, I ramble. Um, as most of you know, I'm Dawn Moore. Miss Dawn is what I'm called by hundreds of children that I've had in my 27 years as a daycare director. I've been here almost seven years and it has really flown by. Um, currently, we have 70 children and 24 staff members, 11 full-time and 13 are part-time. We're in a really good place financially right now. We take care of what we need to take care of. We're not having any issues. Everything's going really well. And I'm not sure that if most of you realize how big of a ministry this is for your church. We have 70 children, and with those staff members, we minister to about 100 families every day. And there are not any that I'm aware of, except for one or two staff members that attend this church. So you're reaching 100 children from 100 families every week that are in this community. I think that is a, says a lot for this church. We had a book fair not long ago, and because of the support that you all gave us, many made donations. It was the best book fair we had ever had. Um, our children were all able, because of the support that you gave us, instead of me picking out a book for them and buying a book for them, they were able to choose their own books. And it really meant a lot to those kids to come to the book fair and buy their own book. I would like to challenge you to pray for us if you don't already do that. 2016 is a big year for us. Every three years, child care facilities have to renew their stars. We are a four-star facility, and this is a big thing. It's very intense. It's very stressful. And everything rides on this rating scale. So I would like to challenge you to pray for us, you know, Anything that you can think of that you might could do to assist me, please call. We would love to have you volunteer. If you would like to volunteer, maybe to be a lunch buddy or read to a class, call and we will schedule that time. Thank you so much.
The psalmist reminds us that God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Let's rejoice together in that assurance as we sing hymn number eight, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Please stand.
Been a long time, hasn't it? We've had a little winter weather in the middle. But I'll bet you during the winter weather, probably not this pot, but I bet somebody in your house made soup, didn't they? And everybody probably has a favorite one, the one they like the most. Well, I want to tell you a story about a pot of soup that was told to three old men. It's an old folk tale. But it's sort of got a good story for all of us today. They had been walking down the road, and they were tired, they were dirty, but they were hungry. And they came up on this town. They knocked on the first door and asked the people to share, and they said they were sorry they couldn't share. Could we have a place to sit? I'm sorry, there's no place in our house. We just have this one room. They said, thank you, we appreciate it. They kept on walking. Well, someone had told these men before that nobody in that town would help them. They said, no, they couldn't believe that nobody would just not help. So they went to the next door. Can we have something to eat? No. Can you help us have something, place to sit or a place to sleep? No, we don't have any place that we can share. So they left that house and went to the next one. They kept going, and they got the same story. So they got tired, and they decided they would go to the next village. They started walking. And one of the men stopped and said, You know, the people in that town, I know they have food, but they wouldn't share. So we need to teach them a lesson. So they went back to town, and they asked somebody for a pot. This looks like something they might have borrowed. And then they took, they went to the center of town, they put some water in their pot, and they put three rocks in the bottom of their pot. And they started a fire, and they put the pot on top of the fire. They took a spoon, and they started stirring. Oh, this tastes so good. The people started coming out of their houses. They wanted to taste that soup. They kept stirring and they kept tasting. They kept stirring. And one man said, you know what? I've got carrots in my house. He added some carrots. And then somebody else went and they added some onions. They kept stirring and they kept tasting. And everybody in the town went back to their house and got some food to put in that soup. And while all this was happening, they were having a nice time together as a town. They were laughing and sharing and talking to each other. And it made me think. We sing a little song sometimes at daycare. It's called, Your Light Shines, Don't Hide It Under a Basket. I almost got that right, Miss Sybil. I'm learning. <laughs> but you know what? Everybody in this church... It's just like the people in the town. We've all got something to share. And if we take our little gifts and we'd all share them, we would fill this church full of love and faith and joy for each other. And the love and the faith that we share with each other is going to spread to our friends and our family at school, at town, where we work. Just like those people in that town, they'd never shared They'd never been friendly. 
They'd never loved anybody but just the people in their house. So this week, when you go back to school, and hopefully, sadly, for five days, think about the stirring of the soup. What gift do you have to give? It doesn't have to be a big gift. It doesn't have to be expensive. Tell your friend you love them. Give somebody a hug. Bring them to church with you on Wednesday night and let them share in your fellowship. We'll build a stronger church. We'll build a more loving, more caring, more happy, and we'll spread our joy. Can we do that? Remember, stir your pot, not with rocks, but maybe with carrots. Okay? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, you fill our lives every day with the joy and the happiness of being a child of you. Help us, Lord, to learn what our special gift is as your child. Open our hearts and our hands and our eyes to see the one that needs our love and allow us to share. We thank you for this day and all that you have given us, the joy of your son, Jesus. It's through his name we pray. Amen.
Good morning. I want to thank Dawn for being here and sharing this morning and also the Garden Web Trumpet Ensemble. Thank you guys and girls. As Wesley mentioned, tonight at 5, I invite each of you to return to our Living Healthy and Whole in Christ. We'll be talking about the benefits of healthy food choices. Uh, this spiritual growth session is a little different from those that we've had in the past, but our focus is on healthy living. And what a great time here, especially at the beginning of the year when many are focused on that, uh, to be mindful of some uh, ways that we can honor God by the way that we treat our body and what we put in our body. And also, if you've enjoyed the Garden Web Ensemble, again, come back and hear them tonight at 6.30. Wesley also mentioned that next Sunday is starting point, and this is a special time and has been the two or three that we've had since we've been here. But if you are here and visiting this morning and would like to learn more about Boiling Springs Baptist, I would invite you and encourage you urge you uh, to attend our starting point time. This will be in the fellowship hall uh, to my left, your right, uh, next Sunday at 945. So please be mindful of that. Before I pray this morning, let's be mindful of a few that um, uh, we need to be praying for this morning. One is Bob Blackburn. Uh, he is in ICU in Shelby Hospital. Uh, he was very weak on Friday evening, and I was there with uh, he and Rose, and uh, he has been taken to Shelby Hospital, uh, but has a, an infection. We believe it's septus. And uh, we think with some medications and fluids, he will be on the right road to recovery. He has had this a couple years ago, and he would very much appreciate our prayers, he and Rose. Also, uh, Catherine Kirby is, is recovering from surgery. Uh, Herman Bridges is at peak. Let's remember him. And also Martha Green is recovering from some surgeries this week as well. Before we pray, I'd also like to extend sympathy to the family of Justin Whitney. Uh, you will continue to be in our thoughts and prayers, Zelma and Julie and Doug and family. And also, we'd like to extend family, extend sympathy to the family of Barbara Kisselberg, who passed this week as well. Join me in prayer. Father, we're mindful of an old hymn that says, I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. Father, we're thankful as we've sung the hymn, The Church is One Foundation. Father, you are the head of the church. So, Father, the church is made up of one another, those that we sit on the pew with, those to whom we share a class, Sunday school or small group, those to whom we have fellowship and friendship. Father, we do not want our fellow church members, we do not want the body to bear these burdens alone. So, Father, we lift up Bob and Rose Blackburn. We lift up um, uh, Catherine Kirby and her family, Herman Bridges, Martha Green, Father, we uh, want to undergird the families of Justin Whitney and Barbara Kisselberg. Father, we're thankful for your presence with us this morning. We're thankful that, Lord, we serve a, a risen Savior who uh, forgives us of our sins, who redeems us. But, Father, you don't leave us there. You continue to have that relationship with us. And so, Father, help us to be faithful to turn to you and to look to you. Lord, you also tell us that if we cast our cares on you, that you will care for us. And so, Father, we cast our cares and our burdens on you this morning. Father, we know that within our world, within our families, there are problems that only you can solve. And so, Lord, this morning we lift those problems to you at this time. Father, we know that there are hurts, dear God, that only you can heal. And so, Father, we lift those hurts to you this morning. We're thankful for this church, for the families for those who are faithful here and for those who are here today for the very first time. 
We ask for a special blessing on each one. And Father, you know the needs that are within our hearts. And so, Lord, meet us today at the point of our need. Encourage us, challenge us, convict us. And when we leave this place, may we say, it's been good. It's been real good to have been in the house of the Lord. Father, we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to worship every week, um, it amazes me. I guess every, every week I, I'm amazed by our church, the beauty of it, um, and the sacrifices that people have made in the history of our church to, to make this a beautiful place. Um, sometimes when I'm singing, I get caught up in the stained glass windows and the stories they tell. Um, I, I pray that um, all of us will give as we've been given to. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for this place we have to worship, Lord. Father, may your spirit overflow in us so that we will take it out to those that are in our neighborhoods, that are in our workplaces, Father. And we can reach out to those in need. We ask these things in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Our scriptures this morning come from Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, and Colossians 1, 15 through 22. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in the love as each part does its work. And then Ephesians 1, 15 through 22. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is, there for, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile him to all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation.
Wednesday nights, we have been enjoying a time uh, we've just called the study. It's a very simple study, but yet uh, very deep as well, but just simply on the life of Jesus. And we've looked at uh, the question, how has Jesus changed? How has your image or your view of Jesus changed since you were a child? How did you think of Jesus when you were a child? How do you think of Jesus now? I would think all of us who have a few years on us would say that we see him in a much deeper and different light than we did when we were a child. You know, as a child, it's the nice man that sometimes appears on the flannel board and does nice things for people and, and uh, died for our sins and, and rose again. But as we grow in our faith, as we mature, Christ begins to have deeper meaning in our hearts and in our lives. The question I would like to ask each of us this morning is, how did you see church when you were a young child? And how do you see church today? If you've been through trials or difficulties, as I referenced in our prayer, um, you may see the body of Christ in the sense that Paul talks about it, about how when you have gone through loss or trials or difficulties and people have rallied around you and I hope loved on you and shown you the presence of Christ, I hope you have experienced church in a new way today and know and think of church in a different light today than when you did as a child. One of my earliest rem- memories of church, well, several I'll share with you briefly, but I remembered the flannel boards, I remembered the Sunday school, I remembered uh, the preacher getting louder on certain Sundays than other Sundays, you know. And um, it was a church about half the size of this, I would say, as far as the sanctuary. And uh, one of the things, you know, as you get older, your parents kind of let you, you know, you, you don't have to sit right there under their wing anymore. And so we didn't have children's church, but I developed a friend and we went to sit in the balcony. The only problem with this was that dad sang in the choir. So if I wasn't paying attention to the service or my head was down a lot and we were kind of doing something on this particular Sunday underneath the seats and this kind of thing, dad could see that I had no interest and was paying no attention to what was going on in church. And what I didn't see was dad exit the choir, the whole church did, exit the choir and walk down the, you know, the sanctuary aisle and up to the balcony And the first thing I heard, the first thing I knew that dad was out of the choir was, Keith, Keith. And, you know, had that look on his face, and that look was never good. And he said, you go down and sit with your mom, and we're going to talk about this later. I was in the sixth grade. Do you know what that does to the self-image of a sixth grade boy? (laughs) It was devastating. But that was one of my earliest memories of the church. I want to thank you, Debbie, for for reading our passage uh, so well this morning. Each passage that she read references the church. The church is a body of believers, a body of believers with Christ as the head. Colossians 1.18 says, he is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place. Your scriptures may say preeminence in everything. Each passage has behind it that she read this morning a certain flow, a certain rhythm of a journey that speaks of continual movement, a journey that speaks of growth and maturity as is referenced in the passages that Debbie read. Colossians speaks of this reconciling of our sin nature, that the miraculous body and the shed blood of Jesus on the cross has has now allowed us to have peace with the Father. Ephesians passage speaks of growth and maturity. As we think about the state of the church this morning, as I have affectionately titled the sermon, I have a question for us, and you have an outline in your bulletin this morning I would encourage you to look at. 
But uh, I have the question for thought there. What are the things that we must be about to be a vibrant, healthy, growing, and forward-moving congregation? A congregation that is moving towards growth, moving towards maturity with Christ as the head. As we see greater growth and maturity in Christ, what are we to be about? And the first thing I wrote down is we must look to the past. We must celebrate and learn from the past. Celebrate people who have come to faith in Jesus Christ. Celebrate people who are growing in their relationship in Him. Celebrate the monies that have been given to missions since the church began. Not only this last year, but you think about that. If you were to add up the monies given to international and home and foreign and WMU and Baptist men... There's probably, I don't know, it's, I, it, I, it could come close to a million. I don't know. But since the church began, I'd love to know a total of how much monies have been given to missions. These are things we must celebrate. We worship in a, in a beautiful facility. And not only a beautiful facility, but a beautiful facility that is debt-free. This is something that is worth celebrating. We finished last year ahead of budget. This is something also worth celebrating. I celebrate the journey that took place during the interim period. I owe the world to many of you. I love the pastor search committee and the whole process that, that uh, led to, to my coming here uh, and, and getting to know many of you and we're in the beginning process of working with our deacons. I'm very thankful for Jim Richardson. He and I continue to have dialogue and go out for lunch every, uh, every two or three months. And I'm very thankful for what took place here in this body of believers uh, in the past before, again, before I came to Bowling Springs. I'm thankful for the birth of care ministry. I celebrate that ministry. And our heart is with Bob Blackburn this morning, who has a strong, steady presence in his leadership of that wonderful ministry. We not only look to the past to celebrate, but we also look to the past and learn from areas where we may have missed the mark, where we may have moved ahead of God, or maybe where we have lagged behind. These things that are in the past, let's celebrate the good, and let's move beyond and learn from the other. Let's also evaluate and discuss the present. Let's also evaluate and discuss the present as we think about who we are as a church and who God has called us to be. In a business, many of you know this better than I, but there are times in the year, and some do it every year and some do it uh, every other year or or, uh, whatever your routine may be, but where you take inventory. And when you take inventory, I did this for the first time in my life uh, just a couple years ago when I was working just for a few hours a week at Family Christian Bookstore. And um, I was there just to kind of help people with resources, but then I was told that I needed to help others with inventory. We took every single thing off the shelf, and we put a little mark or a little tab sticker on it to say that this item had been counted for. So we, at the end of doing inventory, knew exactly what was in the store and what was not in the store. Corporate knew what was in the store and what was not in the store. Now, we differ from a business in the sense that as a church... We talk about it. We talk about, we're honest about where we are as a church and who we are. And we talk about where we may be hitting the mark and and where we may be missing the mark. I have very much enjoyed the discussions I have had with some church staff and also with the deacons or deacon leadership specifically about this idea as we move into the spring of discussing the core values for Boiling Springs Baptist Church. What are those things for Boiling Springs Baptist Church that make us unique and that make us who we are? What do we value as a church? There will be some discussion later this year, most likely in the spring, surrounding our core values. What sets us apart and what is important to us as a body of believers? 
We'll spend some time. What is a part of our DNA, if you will, as a church? Evaluating and discussing the present. Let's also be in prayer for the staff. Now, the staff looks a lot different than it did a year ago. We have a new secretary in the office. Uh, We have a new children's minister, a new youth minister. You have a new pastor. Uh, We have uh, a new uh, music um, partnership here. Things are a lot different than they were a year ago. And I ask you and urge you uh, to pray for your staff. I'm excited that a week from tomorrow, your staff will be going away for a day for a staff retreat where we're going to be beginning this discussion about core values among ourselves. And then we'll be doing this with deacons and then later this spring again with the church family. But I'm very much excited about this and look forward to this time of discussion. But let's think about our future. When it comes to our future, we must not let certain things happen. Um, I want to preface what I'm about to say by saying that I tried this week um, to find the source of these. These three points that I'm going to mention are not my own. I want to make that very clear. But I believe they are from a gentleman named Robert Nash in a book that he wrote years ago called An Eight-Track Church in a CD World. And you know that that's years ago because CDs are becoming extinct now. It would be eight-track church in a digital world, you know. Um, We get whatever we have on our phones, and we can even connect it with our car and and do all that, you know. But an eight-track church in a digital world. But what what are some things, as we think about our future, that we must not let happen? And the first thing I want to mention this morning is we must not let our religion distract us from our relationship with Christ. We must not let our religion distract us from a relationship with Christ. Religion says law, while a relationship with Christ says love. Religion says, I will work to please God. And a relationship with Christ says, I love you just as you are. Paul in Ephesians and in Colossians writes of maturing and growing in our faith. He witnessed fellow Jews following rules and laws and leaving out that personal relationship with a living God. People of God, an overcommitment to church can hinder our relationship with God. Let me preface that again. Let me say that again. Our, our, an overcommitment to the things of church at times can hinder our relationship with Christ. This must not be. God has called us to walk with him through prayer, through the study of his word, through worship and service. I've often heard said that there are over 600 commands in the Old Testament. Moses boiled it down to 10. Jesus boiled it down to two. And the person that told me this said, I'm trying to work on one. And that one is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. Sometimes we can get caught up in all the things that come along with church, and the meetings and the, uh, the protocols and the things that we find ourselves following and miss the main reason that we're here. As we think about growing in our faith, what would that next step look like for you in 2016? We had an opportunity this last fall. Many of you participated in a ministry fair, and some of you signed up for new ministries that you have yet to be involved in, things that you maybe wanted to do. And I'm very grateful for the way that that ministry fair went and very pleased with that. And I'm excited about many of you who are now serving in new roles here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church. I shared in December a devotion with our deacons where, uh, if you can imagine, five circles. There's a large circle and then a a smaller one inside that and then another one and so on and so forth. There's in five circles. And on the outer circle, we talked about the community. 
This is the community at large. This would even be Shelby and Lattimore and Ellenboro and, and the surrounding area. And then the next circle was the crowd. Those are the ones who, you know, there's a, it's a little bit smaller, but it's not quite as broad as the community. And then you go and take a step in from that, and you've got the congregation, which many of you would fall into that. And from the congregation, you've got the committed, those who are just a little bit more involved than Sunday mornings that have, their, have found their place in their ministry. And then the smallest circle is the core, is the core. My hope is, is that as we move throughout 2016, is that we would grow, we would mature, and we would begin to take that next step. That may be different for you, uh, for, for one of you than the other, but my hope and prayer is that we begin to take that next step. One of the ways that uh, we are offering or challenging you to take that next step is beginning on February the 10th, which is Ash Wednesday. It begins a 40-day period of preparation for Easter Sunday, and we are challenging and asking the church to listen through the New Testament during the season of Lent. This is, again, a 40-day period. Uh, We have MP3s that are located back on the table. They are ready for you to pick up this morning. They're in a nice little folder. with It has daily uh, listening schedule there of how many chapters you would need to listen through each day. Again, it's an MP3 disc. It can, can be played in newer cars, 2007 and up. Um, there's a Bible app that you can download on your phone where you can listen daily to the scripture. But we want to encourage people and challenge people to listen as a way to prepare our hearts for Easter Sunday. But um, not letting our religion, again, distract from our relationship. The Lord says in, in uh, Isaiah 29:13, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts... Are, from, are far from me. Their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men. God wanted these people to check their heart's attitude as it was the most important part of their behavior. But these Israelites focused only on the rules, making this a religion. So if religion won't work, what must we do? Paul has the answer in one verse. He says, we know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Jesus Christ. When it comes to our future, we must not let the maintenance of the church distract us from the mission of the church. We must not let the maintenance of the church distract us from the mission of a church. We just went through a nominating process last fall as we go into a new year. Again, we've got new people that are on committees. We've got, uh, I'm excited about the, the committees that are beginning to meet, some that have been in, inactive for some time. And I'm very much excited about the excitement and the buzz around some of these committees and the ideas that people are having that are coming from these committees. I'm very excited about that. But if we're not careful, we can become really good at simply doing church and maintaining the maintenance of church. I'm grateful uh, for Jamie Nolan and others. I can't help but mention him out loud. Where is he at? Um, But I'm excited about uh, the people who do what they do here at this church. There are certain things that would fall under the maintenance category that somebody has to attend to, and I'm grateful for the people who do that. But if we're not careful, or let us always be mindful of the fact that the maintenance, sometimes of doing church, must not distract us from the mission of church. Sometimes it's easier to go to a meeting than it is to do something for a neighbor or to um, spend time in his word or time in prayer. We know how to do meetings, so we're going to go do that. But let us be mindful that we are called to be people of prayer. This should be a house of prayer, as it references in the scripture. A church that is focused on maintenance 
looks inward, focused on their own concerns, their own opinions, and how the church can bless and please me. A church that is missional is concerned about blessing others and meeting the needs of others who have not yet entered into these walls. A missional church asks how they can better put the words of Jesus into action. Two scriptures that I think of. One is the great commandment where Jesus said to love me, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. We also let us be mindful of the great commission as well. As we are going, or go ye therefore and make disciples. As you are going, as it is translated, make disciples of all nations. I pray this church would be and is a church focused on mission and not simply on maintenance. As we continue on our journey of growth and maturity, when it comes to our future, we must not let the institution that is church distract us from innovation. We must not let the institution that is church distract us from innovation. When traditions become more important than trying new things to promote spiritual growth and to reach people, the institution has become more important than people. Innovation is this process of introducing something new or something different. Innovation can be a fancy word for change. Change happens all around us every day. Stores change, roads change, as we're seeing 74 and other places around Shelby. Families sometimes change and we change. I don't look the same as I did when I was here at Garden Web a few years ago, many, several years ago. Our God and his truth does not change. But the methods and the resources, the tools we use to communicate and demonstrate his love do change. Many churches today are plateaued and, and declining and dying because of congregations that are holding out for the methods and the practices of the 1970s and the 1980s to return. It's not going to happen. This is 2016. That's hard to say, isn't it? 2016. As a, young, as a young child or young man, I used to think about 2000. I don't think I ever thought about where I would be in 2016. If we desire to be a church that reaches all ages, we must embody methods and practices that are relevant to all ages. Let us remember this, both in our worship, in our children, in our youth ministries, in Sunday school, in small groups, and in our witness, and in our mission work as well. God doesn't change, people, but he knows the time. I'm excited about this 40-day Bible listening challenge as we think about some new innovative ways to help us grow. I'm excited about possible additions, both to our audio and video here in the sanctuary in 2016. I'm excited about a new ad hoc committee that's being formed to discuss a new church directory. And yes, there will be a paper copy, as there always has been, but we're discussing ways that we could put a directory onto an app. Most all of you would not carry around your paper copy of your directory everywhere you go, but you may need to contact someone in the church, and you may just love to type in their name on your phone and be able to pull up their information. And so we've got a new ad hoc committee that's going to be looking into innovative and creative ways that we can make uh, each other more accessible in the sense of being able to contact one another. I'm excited about the discussion that's taking place already among uh, the deacon chair and the vice chair and uh, the long-range planning committee that will begin meeting soon, once again. And it's not to talk about a new building, but it's to talk about the long-range plans for the church. That, may, that could mean doing something different in the building. Uh, but nevertheless, to talk about where God is leading and how God is moving and to begin having those discussions. I'm excited this summer about a new music and arts camp that will be taking place uh, with Ellen and some of her children leaders. 
uh, providing kids an opportunity to possibly learn how to strum a guitar that have never held one, or maybe play a drum or a bongo or sing in a choir or do something uh, with, with their gift of art or their interest in art. These are innovative and excited ways that we can engage children, engage families in growing and learning more about our faith. When it comes to innovation, I want to thank Wesley for all that he does with our uh, website and Facebook page and text messages. And I want to say this this morning. This has been said, but I wanted to communicate it again. If you type, if you type BSBC to 95577, you can uh, receive alerts. We don't bug you every day with text messages, but you can receive alerts and happenings of things going on at church. Again, BSBC to 95577. Also, our youth can do BSBCY to 95577 and receive updates about youth events and things that are going on at church. But if you go on our website, there are signups for emails and voicemails and all kinds of things. And Wesley stays on top of that, and I'm very grateful for that. And some of you are saying, I don't do any of that. That's okay. Uh, But uh, you could receive a voicemail maybe if something is uh, happening at church. But innovation may not always be easy. Innovation may not always be easy, but it is necessary for growth and for health. There is security and comfort in the known. Our culture is always changing, and we'd like things at church to stay the same. Because if we're dealing with all this change out there, when things begin to change at church, that's when, that's when things get tough sometimes. But as we begin to move further into 2016, I could not be more excited about the potential for greater spiritual growth, the potential for numerical growth, and just for overall ministry this year. I firmly believe that God has gifted Boiling Springs Baptist Church with the people that we need right now to do the ministry that God has called us to do right now. I don't know where you are this morning in the midst of your spiritual journey, but as we have talked about taking that next step, what would that look like for you? As a congregation, if we were to all take that next step in our spiritual growth, What would that look like for us individually and as a larger body of believers? Maybe you can't take that next step this morning because you've never taken the first step. And that first step is putting your faith and trust in a living God, putting your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and offer you hope and purpose in this life and hope for the next. Let us be open. Let us move forward in ministry this year with Christ as the head and supreme, Christ taking first place in everything, individually and as a church. And let us be faithful to seek him in our prayers, in our scripture reading, in our devotion, and allow him to lead us and to move within us and allow us to be even greater in our, in our ministry efforts and in our own spiritual growth this coming year. Father, we thank you for your word. We're thankful for the Apostle Paul and for the challenges that he has given us, both in Ephesians and in Colossians. Lord, help us to to put you first place in our lives. Forgive us for where you have not been on the throne in our lives. Father, it's easier to put self on the throne, and Lord, we acknowledge that we do that far too often. And Lord, we also acknowledge that we suffer the consequences when we do that. Father, we pray that you would stir our hearts to greater spiritual growth, individually. But Lord, as we come together for meetings and for worship and for small group opportunities, Father, we pray that, Lord, that out of the abundance of our heart, Lord, our mouths would speak the praises 
the good things that you're doing in our lives. Father, help us to be your people, to be concerned about those who are hurting, those who are in need, those who need a word of encouragement spoken to them, and those who are going through, again, great trials, Lord, who need to be reminded that you care for them. Father, we're so grateful for your son, Jesus Christ, and the forgiveness of sins that he has offered to all who will receive. Lord, speak to us this day, and as we continue to move forward into 2016, may we be led by your spirit and give, give you the praise for all that you will do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've never taken that first step of faith, I would invite you and urge you, plead with you to, to do that this morning. Our altar is open if you would like to pray for the church or for other concern this morning. Uh, the altar, again, is open, and we would invite you to come. Let's stand and sing together. Hymn number 604, Come All Christians Be Committed. one here today. And Father, may we go forth to share your light and your love with those whom we come in contact with this week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. All of God's people said, Amen. Amen.